You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. What's going on in real estate this week? Parade of Homes is over. Still going. It's still yeah. moving. Yeah, Parade is, uh, Parade is finished. And uh, I... I was, uh, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be um, from, uh, you know, getting people in um, and not being, uh, I mean, it wasn't like overwhelming, but it was steady the whole time. Where were it's you, a, where are your models, Chris? I just, I, we just have one and it's in uh, reverence in uh, kind of the Credit River New Market Township uh, area, Lakeville. Okay. Between Lakeville and Prior Lake, so I've never heard of that township before. Yeah, New Market Township and Credit River Township. Yep. Oh, I've heard of those two, but not Reverence. It's okay, Reverence up. is the development name. Oh, okay, yeah. got it. So it's just twenty-three home sites, and they're all. <laughs> Chris that? has got his own cities made up in his head. So this isn't the same as Rooneyville. It could be. That's West. That is. It did bring on the inspiration of Rooneyville because a lot of the people that come through there, and it's true. I mean, they're for square footage wise, everyone you know wants to get that main floor so big. Well, then you have to have a floor under it, and then sometimes a floor above it, and then by the time you're done, it's seven thousand square feet. So uh, Rooneyville came to fruition because people are like, I don't even want the basement. I don't need it. We don't need to finish it. And so, what if we finished it into a, a rental type unit? And then it got people excited. So someday. It will Interesting. What you know, the, you only thing I, the only thing I just noticed about my backdrop is that they actually have hand-framed rafters. And nobody does that. Yeah. Above me. You see this? Yeah. Nobody nobody knows that how to do that anymore. How do you know they're hand-framed? Uh, well, because we didn't have robots back then. Um, <laughs> and no, they, they literally cut them and set them. And... Uh, the Lisa's scowling. So you have a support system, actually, Courtney, right here in my office. So whenever I say anything, I get that. Oh, stupid. <laughs> I share an office with my spouse as well. And I know I, I know how Lisa feels right now. Just kidding. I think everything's is, is fine the way I say it, but apparently not. <laughs> I'm, totally I'm, kidding. Very, I'm, very, I'm very, very offensive. I don't know. You're not offensive. When we, were, when we were on the radio, that was the old days when Andy and I were across from each other and not on this virtual stuff, that he would say stuff and I'd just look at him and just shake my head. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I love about Andy. He says whatever comes comes to mind. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's <laughs> real fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What are we talking about today? Yeah. Today we're talking about home remodeling trends. And I feel like this is so relevant because... You both just went through the parade of homes. You had tons of people coming in and asking about different aspects of remodeling and construction. Plus, Chris is remodeling his new house right now. So I feel like this is so relevant to everything you guys have going on. Yeah. Oh, for sure. What yeah. was the number one thing people asked you about for in terms of either new construction or remodeling trends during the parade? I think what gets surprising, Andy, is cost you know, and, and what it really costs to remodel and uh, what the contractors are, are doing out there. I mean, some people are doing full remodels and, 
that sometimes is a lot easier than just a piece of the remodel because you think about it and you're like, well, a bathroom, a bathroom is going to cost me $40,000. But if you think about it, they're just coming in to do a bathroom. I mean, they have to partition off everything, save all the carpet, you know, say it's a master bath, you know, from the master bedroom. And I mean, there's a, it's a lot more work involved than just doing a bathroom like you would from scratch. For sure. I had um, this, uh, we were quoting a deck and we were talking and I always tell everybody, you know, hey, the $25,000 deck you had quoted last year, this year's 40. And uh, it, it's all about lumber. Lumber is almost doubled. And the, the labor rates to get people to show up um, are, are extremely high. So remodeling, I think, has gotten a little ugly on pricing. Um, and then, of course, you know, they always say new construction went up a little bit too. But, you know, it's not going to go down. It can't, at least in the current situation we're in. And then at the end of the year, if you don't, you say, hey, I'm going to wait till next year for prices to go down. I think prices will be six, three to six percent higher next year. You know, we're already starting to see it. All of our vendors are warning us that, hey, you know, everyone wants their annual 3% raise for labor. And, you know, more than 40% of the cost of a house is generally labor. So, you know, if, if they go up 3%, that means the house is going to go up one and a half. And then land isn't getting any cheaper. So anyway, I just kind of look at the combination that it is a good time to buy right now. Um, rates are lower. Um, there's good deals and people can lock in their pricing. So um, if you thought about building, it's it's in, in winter Chris, you can even talk about this. I, I love winter builds because, you know, if you look at the structure behind my head, um, you actually have where houses are being framed. Now imagine it raining for two weeks straight and all that wood absorbs all that water versus if it snows and it's cold, the snow blows away, they blow it off the structure. It doesn't get absorbed into the tissue of the, or the meat of the, the wood. And so you don't get a, all that twisting and, you know, when, when it dries, because it will twist. So even though it's framed in and they put the sheetrock on there, those walls as they dry want to twist. So a lot of times the early spring builds when they're a little wetter, we have more nail pops and things like that. So as long as you dig now and drill now before it gets too cold and then you have the winter um, framing, um, I think it's a great time to build. It was interesting. We were just talking with a client last night and talking about the whole process and, you know, if it, if it went right, you know, when we could get started and uh, sometimes with custom homes, it takes a little longer uh, to do the plans, obviously, because you got to decide, then someone's got to do them, and then you got to kind of get together, and then you got to, you know, see the uh, the end result, and maybe you switch that again. Then you got to get pricing, then you can finally go to contract, and then go to permit. So we were talking about that and saying, you know, maybe we could get into like a a January or February start. They're like, what? You can't, you can't do it then. And people build in the winter all day long. You know, it just obviously you got frost footings. Uh, that you know the frost that you have to get past and it does cost a little more but it was interesting because by the time that you know you you start end of january into february you're starting in to get to end of march you're not really getting those winter conditions like you would have all winter long if you started in say like october you know you wouldn't have to heat it up the whole time so um but well, and, can, and a lot of that too chris has to do with the the fact that the earth is 58 degrees you know when you get down you know eight feet that, that earth is warm naturally, you know, so as long as you blanket it, it harnesses the heat of the earth to cure things slower. And it's, there's nothing wrong with building in the winter at all. And then the products they use, half the time we're, we're heating the foundations and wrapping things up to actually slow the curing process because we want it to not cure too fast. So this is when a lot of builders like to do the remodeling projects though, too. Yeah. 
So a friend of ours is a remodeler and he's been booked out since COVID hit. So it seems like it's kind of the year of remodeling. If you're not looking, if you either you're moving or you're remodeling. Absolutely. People are retrofitting it for the way they live and want to live and, and they want to feel good about something too, I think. And uh, a lot of people are doing that. I, this year I've lost uh, two different listings um, to the remodel, which is fine. You know, they, they felt that that ended up being better for them. And, and I think sometimes when you get a location that you want, I mean, why wouldn't you look into remodeling? Because by the time it takes you to, you know, list and sell your house and then go and buy one, you know, there's some expenses there. Obviously that would, that hurts us as realtors, but it's, I mean, you might be, you know, if you're in a $500,000 house and you're selling that and you're buying another one, I mean, that's, you might get your master bath done for that, you know, and then and that's completely done. So, and if that was your problem or, Hey, I need a bigger bedroom or I need to add on, you know, but you love the location, you know, it's a pain in the butt living through it. Uh, especially if you have if you have to live there and then schedules are usually a problem as well um, and trying to work around people's schedules, but uh, you, you can stay in your same spot, your same location. So do you guys think that re- the, like the definition of remodeling has changed in the last five to 10 years where when I was younger and, you know, granted when you're young, you don't really pay attention to all of this stuff, but remodeling really meant like finishing the basement or, or doing a small overhaul or, or on a room. And it seems like today's version of remodeling is starting over in a house. Is, is that true? Or is that just my perception? A little of both. I think that you have the the, the blanket term remodeling covers a lot of, of different things. So I think we, we use remodeling to say, hey, I'm going back into a house that's existing to, to update things. Um, updating is probably, you know, an appropriate word too. But um, like when I say remodel, I think of like updating electric. I think of updating plumbing. I think of like going back to the studs, moving mm-hmm. walls around a little bit. Um, finishing a basement is, is adding value. That's, you know, um, completing a home that's already up. So you know, I don't know if a finishing of a basement's a remodel per se, but I suppose you're remodeling it from it being a unfinished area to a finished area, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I mean, it's it's like it's like the word custom. I always say this: it gets overused so much in our industry. Custom this, custom that, and it's like, well, you know, you have options, and here's your five options. They're not necessarily custom until they're unique to you. So, how much money do you think people are spending on remodeling projects this year? A lot. <laughs> How about that? Um, I no idea, but I'll tell you what. I mean, the I've got uh, three clients going through projects right now. Uh, one's about two hundred and twenty thousand. The other one's about one hundred and eighty, and the other one's about two hundred thousand. Um, and those are all varying different types of uh, remodels. But for the most part, that house is going to have a total different look to it from the kitchens to the flooring to uh, bedroom and bathroom layouts, um, you know, and that's, there's, I mean, there, but there's other remodels that are, you know, million, I had another client that just did one, uh, spent over a million dollars on a, on a remodel and an ad. And I mean, it's unbelievable and fantastic, but um, I guess it all, all depends. You know, yeah, I, I, had, I had a client a couple of years ago that did that where they did a, they bought a beautiful uh, mansion literally on, uh, on Summit Avenue. And uh, it was so cool getting this property. I mean, it was like, it was untouched for, for years. 
So, you know, you remember the old uh, cartoon Scooby-Doo, <laughs> right? And they'd always have that old mansion with the, the like almost, almost, almost creepy, but yeah. not. And we went into this house, the furniture, the, like the velvet wallpaper. I mean, the, the big arcing staircase going up to the upper level overlooking that the foyer. I mean, just awesome. And then they went in and spent over a million bucks on remodeling it without touching the kitchen. No joke. Um, and yeah, retro. Cause you know, some of these properties too are in historic preservation areas yeah. where the window, you have to have certain window glass. You have to have the, the moldings be identical, you know? So there's a lot of really cool preservation societies that are out there that preserve the integrity. So you don't also have the modern version. They're trying to preserve the vibe of that street when it was built back in the late 1800s. So, but that doesn't mean that you can't have air conditioning in your master or inside. You can't do an awesome modern bathroom like they were doing upstairs. And so that, that was a cool house, but was it great. haunted? What was that? Was it haunted? No, I don't, I, you know, everybody says they are because of all the different amounts of people that have been through the houses and the, uh, like you go up the staircases, like where there, these houses were designed to have servants and, and like on the staircase, there'd be a little door and you'd open it up and there'd be just a little toilet in there with no sink, no nothing. Just that was the servant's bathroom. And, yeah. you know, and just the dummy waiters to pull the food from the kitchen up to the owner's suites. And I mean, it's absolutely from an architectural perspective and a time walking through time perspective, fantastically cool. I highly recommend if you ever see an open house on Summit to go take a walk through one of those houses and it'll just take you back. It's so cool. They are really cool houses. It's funny that it uh, caught me in about 2000. Boy, it was probably about 2005. I I saw found one of those houses down in Minneapolis. So they had like the coolest staircase. And I'm like, I got to buy that. So I did. And, uh, <laughs> and I actually. Chris, Chris still owns a mansion over there. Yeah, I still have it. It was built in 1875. It is one of those preservation areas. Um, but I think what's interesting about that whole preservation thing, you see a lot of those houses are in total disrepair because it's very expensive to maintain that era. And, and so then people don't do it. And right. it's, it's kind of sad. You know, they're, they're, what they're trying to do is preserve it, but people don't have the money in which to be able to fix it up. So we have that same thing. And, uh, you know, just getting a new roof from hail damage. I mean, you got to go through the whole, there's a big rigor or more that you got to go through even before you even go get a permit. But the windows are really cool. I mean, and, and I think we went all the way around the entire block for you there, Courtney, on what does remodeling projects cost? But that's okay. That's a, that, was, that was a very interesting story. I uh, I actually used to babysit at a couple, uh, a couple houses off on Summit. And one of them was connected to the tunnel system on you know the old tunnel system that the gangsters used to use back when it was like back in the 20s and the 30s and it was you know kind of a hub for that and they had to they kept getting rats in their house and they couldn't figure out where these rats were coming from which is kind of gross but you know you live in the city it's a real deal living in the city and they finally figured out that it was still connected to that tunnel system and they had to have it all closed up they found the tastes like chicken or Oh, gross. <laughs> so, so if we're talking ur- the urban farmer, the those urban were, hunter. Those were haunted rats, by the way, too. Just so you know. <laughs> well, we are in October here, so I guess it's very appropriate to talk about haunted houses, right? Oh, spooky treats. 
Um, so, so if you guys just got through the, you guys both work in new construction quite a bit. Um, and you just got through the parade. What were the trends that people were, are looking, what are the trends that people are looking for right now, whether it's new construction or a remodel of their existing home? You want me to go, Chris? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes down to what I'm seeing for trends, um, I'm seeing a lot of the uh, combinations of, of wood colors where we're using like the darker grays and whites. Um, I'm seeing like a lot of the rustic flooring options being used with modern cabinets. Um, farm sinks are still very cool. Um, they went away for a while. They're kind of coming back again. Um, seeing a lot of that. Um, we're integrating um, shiplap into a lot of areas of the house, like even on staircases where you come down and you turn, we're doing that whole wall as an accent. Um, so a lot of that from a decorating more accent walls, right, Andy? Yeah, more, big time. More accent of shiplap than everything shiplap like they were doing. Right, exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're being very selective with the walls I'm seeing. And then from a design perspective, my goodness, um, you know, the houses we're building are, I, I would say our average is probably a 605 build right now. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of kids having Jack and Jill bathrooms or their own bathrooms where they literally have their own en suites. Um, so it's almost like four mini suites in the house. Um, and I know a lot of parents are rolling their eyes, but I don't know why, but that's what we're seeing a lot of right now. Lofts are almost on every house I build. Um, so there's another hangout area for the kids. Um, I'm also seeing um, the multi-generational where, um, we're not today, but we're concerned that someday mom and dad will come live with us. Main floor bedrooms are becoming huge again. And, uh, and then obviously if they're not worried about stairs, they'll put that in the basement. Cause that's the most cost effective way to do that. You know, you're, you're at 44 bucks a square foot. So a bedroom and a bathroom might cost you 18,000 versus on the main level, you expand that main floor and it might cost you, you know, twice that. So, um, and the reason being is because you're expanding the lower level and the upper level because of what you did on the main floor. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So those kind of things are being done. I mean, all of and it, you know, of course the double offices, lots of homework stations where we do lots of custom built in desks, you know, um, lockers are still really popular. Mud Andy, rooms. are you, are you, are you seeing that those upper, those upper level lofts, um, are kind of in lieu of finishing the basement. So they have a second area to get away from so the kids can get somewhere. Totally. Yeah. And plus, you know, if you think about it, if you've got all those bedrooms full, you got a lot of people running around there and everybody doesn't always, you know, say, Hey, let's watch the same movie together. So you got some kids that want to play games. You got somebody that wants to read. You got somebody that wants to watch Netflix. So it's like, where, where does everybody go? And so that, that adds one more entertaining area to the house, which I think is, you know, I go back to like, that was never even a thought um, back in the early 2000s. Nobody had lofts and it was the national builders when they came into the Twin Cities where they were doing slab on grade houses and they had no basements. And so we're used to Minnesota basements, right? And so they were adding that extra area upstairs because it was cheaper square footage and, and it was in townhouses only. And then it was kind of like, well, what's this room for? And actually people were like insulted by it. And then now it's like integrated into every house we build. Yeah. Kind of funny how we've adapted. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You just talk about slab on grade that that was like to taboo. I mean, that if you had that, oh my God, don't ever buy that house because you're never going to be able to sell it. And now there's people that are really looking to build houses without that basement and to have slab on grade and they're totally fine with it. And it, and it is, it's a total different 
switch of the mindset. And I think it's just figuring out, you know, where I could go hide for a tornado is really kind of their, their biggest scare. But a lot of people just don't even want the basement. Yeah. Why is that? Just don't, don't need that extra space down there. Want main, main floor living, you know? So like I, you know, the old analogy of having a pole barn, if you have a 20 by 20 pole barn, you'll fill it. If you have a 200 by 180, you'll, you'll fill it. Um, and I think the same thing happens with housing when it just becomes a collection space for your crap. And then all of a sudden you have a basement full of crap that you don't even need or use or know is even down there anymore. You forget it's there. So, you know, as I see, mostly it's downsizers that ask for that. But what I'll tell them is this. I'll say literally, if you want to do that, um, go into the crawl space so I can keep a warm floor and a floor that's not so hard on your joints that actually gives a little bit when you walk on it, um, makes a big difference, you know? And, and so we do crawl spaces quite a bit, but you know, on a big house, on a big Rambler, you only save about $8,000 going to a crawl space versus you save about 14 for not having a basement. And I'll tell you, people will offer you a lot less than 14,000 when you go to sell that house because the new buyer, when you sell it, wants that basement. So I always suggest that people finish the, ba- or have the, the house with the basement. Literally, I'll seal it off so you don't even know there's a staircase going down there. If you want, we'll hide it and don't ever go downstairs and live like you're on one level. And then what I can do is I can, even with the floor trusses, we can retrofit the garages. I do a double wall system where right from the garage, they can roll right into the house if they're ever on wheels. So you can even have the complete experience of having, um, you know, and then you contain or maintain a, a very resaleable house, you know. Anyway. Do you guys, what colors of <clears throat> products and is it more natural colors that are popular right now? Or is it, is it brighter colors? What do you guys, where are you guys seeing that, that trend going? Um, ours, what I've been seeing is all, is all the lighter, lighter whites and gray, uh, kind of that, or also that, that paint that can kind of flip on you. I mean, depends if it's in the sunlight or if it's not in the sunlight. And um, I mean, rooms can completely change, but that's what I'm seeing with lots of different um, types of woodwork, you know, that's implemented into it from the floors to maybe a, a separate center island or a hutch or just something or, or different rooms or different uh, styles. And the other thing is uh, brass. Brass is coming back. And uh, not, yeah, not a brush brass, not a, you know, like a your 1999 brass where it was a, a not not like your tooth chris we're talking like brushed nice what do you guys think about countertops like are, are, is it true that porcelain is kind of coming into style or is it still kind of staying with that cambria quartz granite trend everyone we have has been taking quartz okay everyone. yeah me too away from granite quartz and granite sometimes cultured marble but granite? What's that, Courtney? Is quartz more expensive than granite? Yeah. Yeah, it adds, it's about, you know, anywhere from uh, 5 to $15 a square foot, usually more. But you also get more variety, more consistency. I think the only problem we have with granite is that Mother Nature, when uh, developing those big granite slabs, doesn't make a consistent slab. So there's sometimes the little circles are bigger on one side of the countertop than the other. I think that's super cool because then I'm like, hey, check it out. I actually have a stone out of the earth cut and put on my countertop. I think that's unbelievably cool. Some people don't like that. They want that consistent style. So then the quartz is a great option, um, fantastic product. 
less seams. Oh, go ahead, Chris. The possibility of less seams as well. Of less, oh, seams, yeah. Yeah, the cuts. What do you guys think about uh, closet trends? Bigger is better. And, and, and and storage options, you know, um, creative storage options, having center islands uh, in their shoe racks. I, I've never understood that, the shoe racks. I mean, I would have that in my mudroom, but I don't know. Right. <laughs> You're clearly not a shoe fiend. How about this? Shoes are dirty and smelly. How about put them on your garage on a shoe rack? You know oh, what I'm why would you put your nice shoes up? How about something like this? They're nice and cool when you want to jump in them. I don't know. Nice little shoe yeah, rack. Right there. I'm just talking about right there. Nice little spot for all your shoes. I wouldn't know. Women like to display shoes. their shoes. And if there's any way to get natural lighting, that'd be awesome too. Oh yeah. Is is that a easy feat with most houses or no? I mean, you can make it happen, but you know, the, the other thing that you have is those, uh, what are those skylight things? I got them in this house that I'm doing right now. On a tubes. Yeah. Oh my God. Those are fantastic. What are they called? Uh, uh, Sona tube or something like that. It's like solar tube. Yeah. So you can kind of put it anywhere in your house and, and basically obviously yeah. takes the light from outside yeah. and then reflects it down into your garage. But I mean, it's a I think inside like a mirrored tunnel that they cut in your ceiling and it's like, so bounces all the way down and then comes right through your, like a portal in your, in your ceiling. It looks like is a it, light. And it's, is it this thing? Like this? Yes. Uh, yes, but we That's should set one enthusiastically in case they want to sponsor our show. Yeah, yeah. we'll reach out to them. To see oh, Sola Tube. They're Isn't great. That cool? Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it amazing the light that it, it shoots out at you. My mom's got two of them in her, on her main floor. And I mean, it lights up the whole floor. Yeah, you don't want to do them in your bedrooms. Um, and because I'm telling you, then when the sun's up, you're up. Because it's like it, it blasts tons of light through there. It's it's actually impressive. Can a homeowner install that themselves, or is that something they'd want to contract out? Not this homeowner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that and gutters and some of those other ladder items. We Chris and I try to skip. Not that we're gravity challenged, but we. Uh, I can paint. We'd bounce if we fell. We'd. Uh, Andy's actually very handy. He's he's. Uh, He's fibbing us right now. He knows how to do that stuff. A few of my friends have done soapstone countertops recently. Have you guys seen a resurgence of those? We used to do those a lot back in the early 2000s. That was a, that was a big thing, but I don't see them. Do you, Andy? Uh, no, I haven't had the experience personally, um, but I think what happens is you see a lot of these remodelers searching back for good old-fashioned um, great ideas that have worked in the past is to give people a fresh, exciting look. And I think that's a great way to do it. Um, you know, just like I keep asking, I've had a couple of people ask me about concrete countertops again, and I'm like, I haven't done those for 15 years. Um, but people ask, so like in bathrooms, um, where it's smaller and kind of affordable to do it, I say, let's try it, you know, but, um, you know, nowadays it comes down to where I think you want to have, you know, something that the builders feel comfortable warranting, so you, you get to maximize the experience of buying a new house. You get all the warranties, the full life, the full, you know what I mean, of everything in that house. And sometimes when you get customer, get outside the box, then you're kind of asking for a little bit of a challenge if something goes wrong. Um, but I don't know. Uh, 
your 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 wife, one of my favorite people, uh, Andy, uh, just commented on the show that the home edit on Netflix is a new trend for organizing clients or closets. Oh, is she up already? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Um, and she she said something about not throwing away your toothbrush when she texted me. What? Uh... She organized all my drawers and literally threw my whole life into a dumpster. <laughs> I'm like, I, she bought me a fancy new toothbrush that hums so hard. I don't like to brush my teeth with it all the time. Because it goes, <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, thank you. But I mean, come on, right? So sometimes I like to take the old fashioned one and just take my time and do my circles. And also I went to go brush my teeth and I'm like, where's my toothbrush? My favorite toothbrush, where'd it go? Um, and my son starts laughing and walks out of the room and I'm like, okay, here we go. Yeah, it was in the dumpster. Yeah. That's why I say, don't, don't touch my stuff. I Thank you. How, um, how simple is life? Just don't touch my stuff. Um, let's, you, know, you stay in your camp, I'll stay in mine. You know, we'll go out to dinner once in a while, but just don't touch my stuff. Talk about remodeling. Like dual master baths. Dual closets. That's what we need. We need separate closets. Dual bedrooms, closets, and baths. I, I would, it would save a lot of... Uh, oh, marriage. you are in trouble, Andrew. Yeah, weird. Mike just com- <laughs> Mike Ludwig just commented, have fun sleeping in the garage tonight, Andy. Good thing you have a nice garage. Uh, it's epoxied and heated. Thank you, Mike. We'll just be fine out there. Abby, oh Abby, you're so sweet. Abby said, "I think you meant to say thank you, Lisa." Yes, that's right. Yes, we did. No, you know when it comes down to it, though, I had a house. No joke, Chris. uh, Last year that I listed up in um, was it Zimmerman and big beautiful Rambler, and it actually had dual masters because he was just uh, sawing logs all night long and disruptive to the whole world, right? So they literally soundproofed the bedroom and they had uh, the master bathrooms were connected with like his and hers toilet rooms, separate vanities, a big, awesome center in the middle shower with multiple shower heads. It was awesome. It was, it was actually really well thought out, but I think most people, you know, get that. Oh, that's so unromantic. Who cares? You live your life. Have your own space. It really, I mean, I wouldn't want separate master bedrooms, but, or suites, but um, but separate closets. Oh my gosh. Give me that all day long. I have a new, I have a new floor plan right now that, uh, we're designing that literally we are going to call it the hidden mom spot where out of the master, we want to make a hidden room that goes up over the garage where you can go read, do whatever you want, watch TV, do whatever. And we think we can hide it off the master bathroom. And I think it'd be the coolest thing ever. I think I you just be- redeemed yourself after your comments with, yeah. about Lisa. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe, but um, the uh, I'm trying hard. You know, I'm a very sensitive guy. I have lots of feelings, and it's hard for me to get them all out at one time. I love that idea, though. That's a really cool idea. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I mean, in reality, a lot of people sleep in separate bedrooms, and a lot of people use different bathrooms. And I'll tell you, we I deal with it a lot. And and when you list the house, it's all got to switch back, you know, because you just don't want people thinking. And just, you know, because what we do is that you just think about the house. You don't think about, okay, what's happening here? What are they doing? I mean, and, and we've seen it. Buyers are doing it. They'll look in the refrigerator and, okay, this is what kind of people they are. And then they, you know, and they start trying to figure it out. And rather than looking at the beautiful deck and 
you know, the great landscaping that they had, all they're doing is trying to figure out what the heck's going on. They distract themselves with the store. Anytime you go into a closet and it's all men's clothes or all women's clothes, then obviously they're getting a divorce. You know, there's a, there's a problem there. So it's kind of like, Hey, we got to put some of your clothes back up in that, uh, that bedroom and uh, reshape it up. Because if you do, and, and that's just like with a closet, if you have uh, a room downstairs that looks like a guest room, but all your clothes are lined up in it, all it's saying is you don't have enough storage. So you have to, that's, that's staging, that's positioning your house as well. They might say, oh, let's just space out all the clothes in there. But you have to go a step further and think, okay, what are they going to think this bedroom is? Okay, it's a, it's, a kid's, it's a kid's room, but all mom's dresses are down here. Well, mom's dresses are down here because she can't fit them up in their closet. And so we have a problem. And it just there's there's a lot of psychology with that. Is that true, Andy? I think you're you're raising big time. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that it's you know that's a cool part about building your own house too. You know, you build it the way you want it for your needs. I mean, some people, you know, like I I have a couple of my members of my family that are um, <clears throat> very into throwing things away. I'm not that kind of guy. I would reuse the same toothbrush until the bristles fell off and get my money's worth. And so it's like. Every does it differently. You know, if you want to keep all your old clothes or you want to do whatever, that's your thing. It, there, and there's a fine line between having the things that are important to you and then hoarding, obviously. But um, I, I've been accused of that. I keep too much stuff. But I mean, wh- why throw something away that you can use in the future? You know, I think it comes back from I grew up with a grandpa that used to be very resourceful. And the, I, I used to laugh. We'd sit out in the in the driveway and we'd look at he'd have a Buick. And the Buick, he'd drive it 200,000 miles on it. Guy's a multimillionaire. And he'd sit there talking about, well, someday I'm going to buy a brand new one. I just, maybe someday. He's he's in his 80s talking about buying his first new car. And so I kind of, you know, I come from that line of thinking where I, I try to get my maximum value out of everything I have. It's not, and it's unintentional. I don't I don't try to be that way, but I'm not cheap, but I'm, not, I'm frugal. You know what I mean? On some things, but. How often do you guys think people should think about remodeling their home? I mean, do you, do you do, do you update a room a year or do you do those bigger projects every 10 to 15 years? What, what do you think people should do to keep up with trends? And yeah, everyone's in a different situation. I think it comes down to money. Obviously, if you got the money to do it, you might as well do it all at once. You'll get a much better value that way. And a lot less yearly disruptions as well. Um, Some people can't do that. And I, I actually, I think you were kind of going on this route, Courtney, that, you know, you're, you're maybe keeping up with the trends a little more if you're, if you're spacing those things out. And uh, that, I think that's not a bad idea, actually. Is it I, I actually, Go ahead, Andy. Well, I was going to say, I kind of subscribe to Dolly Parton's strategy where Dolly Parton says that, you know, everything needs a little maintenance once in a while. They ask her, hey, have you ever had any work done? And she said, I'm not going to tell any of my secrets. She said, if you think I look this good at 74, she said, naturally, she goes, you're a fool. And and what was interesting was she every year has always subscribed to the idea of having a little work done. And with housing, maybe you do a little bit at a time so your house never gets outdated or it's not completely outdated. So it's a million dollar project. So Mm -hmm. maybe you do update a bathroom or you update your flooring or you update, pull the wallpaper down one year. You just some of those littler projects as you go. Um, I think can kind of keep you looking current without ever shocking anybody financially or with the look, you know. Your pal Andrew just commented on your mom room and wants to know if the mom room has a lock to keep her in there. And I would just like to say, (laughs) as a mom, 
if you're going to lock me in a mom room, you better be prepared to handle the kids. Yeah, throw, throw a couple boxes of wine in there and see you on Monday. Uh, the kids, the kids can certainly go in the mom room as well. <laughs> that defeats the purpose. We'll have to make some some job up like that. You have a secret job nobody knows about. Like mom's a spy, and she disappears for hours at a time. It's like funny. Incredibles or something. Off off of this Zoom thing that we're doing live on Facebook, Andy called that a dad loft to me, and now he's coming calling it a mom room. Because he's trying to redeem himself with all the moms that he made mad about his comments about his wife cleaning out his toothbrush. Well, it was a dad loft, just saying. Whatever you're into, man. I'm, uh, I just, I'll build it. Man caves go in the basement. Yeah. Or outside. Like the Cheryl She Sheds, you could also do it in the backyard. Do you, do you remember when you were a kid, you guys, I don't know if it was the same with you, but my mom would literally say, if you kids step one foot in our yard before lunch, I'm literally going to ground you. I mean, she wouldn't even want us in our yard. So we'd run like <laughs> wild kids through the neighborhood, riding our bikes everywhere. And we would like drive by the house and kind of look to see if mom was there. We, you know, we'd leave her alone, you know, but we were outside the whole summer. I think no cell phones, quite a bit. no nothing. <clears throat> Anybody else? Yeah, I think that's changed quite a bit over the last however many years since you were a kid. We could play in the sandbox in the back corner of the yard, but that was it. That was all the clothes we could get. <laughs> you must have really driven her crazy. Oh, yeah. We, well, there's three boys. Of course. Oh. We yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So, so if you're thinking, oh, sorry. I know Andy's got to jump off here in a minute. Um, if you are thinking about doing a remodeling project, how do you balance out what to remodel versus, um, you know, the, the actual house value of what you can sell for in a couple of years or, or five to 10 years? I think you got to look at it. First of all, if you're, if you're going to enjoy it, because there's some expense to enjoying it. Not everything is just Hey, if I put this in, I'm going to make this much money out of it. Um, and and Andy said it before. I mean, you're you're living in it, you know, and it's how you want to do it. But obviously, there is the things real estate wise. It's just like how we how we show our house. Yeah, it's not really how we live. But if we want to try to maximize the most amount of money, we got to try to get the most amount of people to like it. And so um, I don't know. I I think it's. Uh, do what you can afford and what you like. And, you know, always consult an agent. An agent will tell you right away if that's worth it or not. And they might say, you know what, you're going to put, I just, I had a question the other day and they said they could buy an outdoor parking space for $15,000 and have it. And it's in a one bedroom condo. Should they take the 15,000 or, or do it not? And I said, I would never pay 15,000 for it, but at 5,000, Hey, there's convenience and that's worth it. And it might help you, but you're not getting 15,000 more. For an outdoor space on your one bedroom condo because they have a garage space already but they want an outdoor space <laughs> yes i agree thank you no, no no additional comments andy not really i you know the thing is is that chris you know he he's got uh, a great perspective on that and it's true I mean, you, you you have to look, it comes down to where housing is so individual and so the, the person's needs. And I think that's sometimes we're so dang competitive that we look at what did our friends do or how did our friends finish their whatever, what do they do? And, and you have to look at yourself. I mean, hey, if you want to ride the bus and ride your bike, you don't need a garage spot, don't pay for one. You know what I mean? Don't worry about it. You know, on the other hand, if you know that you're going to have a car 
and you you want a safety and security and you want to live in a condo and you whatever. I mean, you know, you just got to really look and assess your own needs and, and stick to it. And then you'll be long term, much, much happier. That's fair. Usability, enjoyability over uh, anything else. No. That's it. Anything. Yep. Awesome. Well, we are uh, ready to conversation. Although we did not get to your flooring, Chris, we did not get to uh, chat about the flooring that you're choosing for your new house. So maybe if we have a few minutes at the end, we can we can look at the options. Maybe it could be a question on our or what they choose on our new website that you almost have finished. Oh my gosh, it's finished. It's just not live. Oh, okay. <laughs> Our new website that's almost live. It's almost live. I'm going to email Jason right after this show and see see if there's a glitch because it's almost live, but it actually does look so good. I'll share it. Uh, you lost Andy too. Website with all of our past episodes. Um, you can get our new podcast delivered by email if you sign up on the site. And uh, you can access all of our, our previous episodes here as well, as well as on the uh, podcast app that you use for all of your other podcasts. We're pretty much everywhere. Um, and you can get in touch with all of us right from the website. And it is realestateradiohour.com. Not officially live yet, but hopefully by the end of today, it will be. Uh, so check us out there, maybe tomorrow. Excellent. Uh, so we have last week's questions, and the first question is, what are the advantages and disadvantages of being in an association? Uh, lots. Um, advantages, number one, you don't have to um, take care of stuff usually. The outside stuff is, is, is taken care of for you. But I look at the, the disadvantages of you know, you're, you're limited in what you can and can't do. Now, there's different types of associations as well. There's some that are stu- super strict that even uh, include all your utility bills and your garbage, they'll pay your water, uh, but you also, hey, you can't park in the driveway at night. And then there's other associations that just maintain like landscaped areas, you know, and, and have some general rules and things like that uh, to k- kind of keep the appearance of the neighborhood up. But associations, I think, are really good for um, making sure that later on we're not going to have a problem, such as you get into a neighborhood and it, it gets built out and the builder's gone and they said, you know, that you can't put any sheds up. I mean, if there's no one really patrolling it, it's kind of hard and it sometimes gets away. Those sheds start popping up or, you know, OK, I'm just going to let my like the RV be here for a night because my grandma's in town. Then all of a sudden, you know, it's every weekend that the, the RV now, I park it at my house and, and things like that. An association that, that more than likely wouldn't happen if there's a governing authority that's uh, watching over it. So, And you're not going to have those things that might detract from, from the value of your home or the value of your neighborhood if you have someone that's kind of in charge of it and you don't have to be the enforcer as just a resident. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is that the association fee obviously costs money and you have to qualify with that association fee. So you're going to end up qualifying for less because of that. So if you're qualifying with a house that has an association fee, say of $200 uh, a month, that's a debt 
against you. And so maybe if that was 400,000, maybe you could have bought something for 430,000 without an association. So. Bottom line, talk to a realtor so you can talk through your concerns and understand what all the stipulations are of the association before you buy. Yeah. And what's what's cool about it, Minnesota state law requires that you get at least you get 10 days to review those documents after you've agreed to the contract. And so and, and, and read those over and know what the, I mean, if you're in a townhouse community, you, you need to know what those financials are, are. because if there's a hailstorm or, you know, um, new driveways that need to happen and they don't have money in there, you're going to be paying for them. Oh, I, yeah. It's kind of like a, um, an assessment. You bet. If uh, second question of the day, I have the opportunity to purchase a home from an acquaintance, but it is really close to 494. How big of a detriment is that? Um, I think it's all going to be relative to, I mean, people justify all the time. And typically that house will be less. I mean, if it's on 494 or it backs up to a creek, there's going to be a big difference in, in price there. But people are going to understand that when it comes time to turn around and sell it. You know, so it's like, hey, I can have this beautiful house that's on a creek for four hundred thousand, or I can grab that other one that's three fifty that backs up to four ninety four. You know what? Gosh, the other three fifties don't have anything. This house is a big house. I'm going to grab that one. So I think it's all relative to what uh, expense you pay. I did back up to a road before. It was Highway thirteen, and it was no problem when I moved in. And four years later, I was about to go insane because the trucks would come flying by and you'd hear them. And I was like, I couldn't wait to get out of there. So I sold it to a buddy of mine. Worked out really well. <laughs> same situation. <laughs> For him yeah. No, he loved it. And I told him, hey, this is this is what it is. But and that's why I had to go. I couldn't I couldn't back up to a road like that. You know, that just that just didn't excite me. And which it's a personal preference. If it bothers you, it bothers you. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And there's going to be people that it bothers and people that it doesn't bother in the future too. So when you're looking to sell in the future, it's just going to depend on what yeah. are the other attributes of the house, I would assume. But back to that, our whole remodeling question, you know, that that's a person I would caution to really remodel that place big time, you know, because the higher the price gets up, the more likely uh, you're probably not going to get that back. Oh, interesting. So I think I think the the moral of today's conversation is if you are looking to sell in the next five years, consult an agent before you embark on any big remodeling projects. Right. I definitely would at any time. I think and if you've worked with an agent, and you know that agent. Um, I mean, they'd love to talk to you about it. And they don't agents don't think, oh, gosh, they called me. I got to list it today. You know, they're, and they're not going to push you that way. If they're a good agent, they're going to tell you what's best for you, whether or not. I always tell my people, I mean, yeah, we can sell now or we can sell in 10 years. It's up to you. Hopefully I'm alive when you do it. But uh, <laughs> that's morbid. But, um, you know, you got to do what's best for you. And then it always works. Works out well, though. Uh, wrapping up our conversation about remodeling today, what's your big remodeling question of the week with your house? What's mine? Yeah, oh, it's your floors, okay. isn't it? I'll have to, let me look here. Huh? Chris needs your input on what flooring you prefer for his house. He is remodeling. He sold his house on Prior Lake. He's purchased and you're remodeling another house on Prior Lake, aren't you? Yeah. Yep. And uh, it's it's in demolition mode, and he's picking out the different attributes of what they're going to put into the house, including the floors. And we got into a conversation right before the show started about um, about the the 
plank width and the color of the planks. And Andy and I had different opinions on the color. So Chris needs some input. There they are. People. The gray or the more warm tone. They're about the same. The warmer ones are a little bit wider, I think. The more yeah, natural. A lot more, lot more variations. This is kind of a lot more um, less risky, I, I would say. Mm -hmm. But this is probably a little warmer. Remember, it's on water, on, on the water. And it's going to have all white, uh, for the most part, white woodwork. White woodwork. And this is for your main floor? Yeah. I really like the warmer option, number one, because I think the wider the plank, the better. But that's just personal preference. But then also, I like the knottiness of it. Yeah. And the like other the, thing is... The knots think, that you can see in the wood. Yeah, and I think sometimes too, when you get, it's going to be a very big open space, um, probably fifteen hundred square feet of open space that you'll see. Um, so I, I'm I'm with you. I think this is the one we're going to go with. I think. We'll so we tell us. Oh, Stacy says the top one. Stacy likes the top one the best. I do too, Stacy. I don't know. I I have that's never really gotten on board with the gray. Yeah, Stacy Edwards. That's, that's her shoes as well, right there. So. Oh, Stacy, you have a you have a stake in this conversation. <laughs> Abby, Abby likes the top one too. More colors to pull from. Lisa likes the top one. Um, I've never gotten on board with the gray trend for whatever reason. I know a lot of people really love it, and I just have never really loved it that much. So I kind of always gravitate towards those warmer options than the cooler ones. Um, so I'll be interested to see what everybody else has to add to the conversation over the next week. Maybe we can throw a poll up and everybody can vote on what floors Chris should choose. You'll have to send me that picture. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us today, guys. We, um, had a great time chatting with you, even though we had a little bit of a late start on today's show, thanks to technical difficulties. Um, we are live every single Thursday at 8 a.m. on Facebook. Our shows are also broadcast on all of your favorite uh, podcast apps. So whatever uh, app you used to listen to your other podcasts, you can find us there. We'd love it if you would give us a review. Our new website should be live by tomorrow. I am very excited about it. Be sure to give us a like and follow on Facebook and shoot us any questions that you'd like us to answer next week. Uh, you can send those directly to me. Courtney, C-O-R-T-N-E-Y at AmplifyUp.com. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.